Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Noel. I'm Jenny Bookler. I'm Chris Heine. And I'm Francesca Butchko. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the timeliness of some of our projects, some of the ways that we consider moving on, and then a, a couple other things uh, pertaining to one of our favorite things these days, uh, Dream Arcade. Tomorrow is the actual date of halfway done with paying my loan. Oh, you should tell me you should get, get a giant cake. <laughs> Would you say you're going to get trashed and just lie on the floor? <laughs> They're like, woo woo. In, in a public that place. That must be really out. nice. I have like 15 years left. Sally Mae just bought my federal loans, which <laughs> creeps me out to no end. I had to call them up this week because they didn't take the money out of my bank because they take it out by themselves. And so I called them up and I was like, hey, I noticed that this wasn't out. Uh, am I supposed to do something about that? Is this late? And she's like, no. She's like, we'll, we'll take it out next month. And I was like, so you're going to take two times as much next month. And I wanted to be like, are you guys doing okay? Because you guys are one of the problems with the housing market. So, or maybe it was Fannie Mae. I don't know. I'm happy about it, but I'm also kind of scared about it too because it is awesome. But I was like, up until maybe like halfway through last year, I was like, I think I got this. It is crappy, but I think I got this. And then... The last half of last year, I was like, I don't think I have this. And now I'm worried about doing five more years of this because if it continues to compound in difficulty, five more years is a long time. If it doesn't, if it, like, like again, the first three years weren't that bad, but I was also slowly depleting my savings account. So every time I had to, like, like cover for something, I'd be like, that's okay, I'll just take this out. And then I just depleted it down to nothing. So I am both happy and concerned about it you just need to make it to the end you just need to yeah i know i know i do that's what i want to drink tomorrow it's like five more years of you can do it five you just more start years drinking of... now then maybe you could just have the next five years be a total blur <laughs> just like completely painless blur drinking i don't think that's how that works your liver like will give yeah, out no i'll have health problems and then i'll have more problems which you'll have to be calling that, that's the other thing hopefully for five years i will have impeccable health because that would be a problem after that, I mean, I would like to continue to stay healthy, but... It's not as essential that your body works after well, five years? Because then you can start I'll pay. For, I'll pay for my hospital bills then, but... Oh, jeez. Because I was like, well, okay, after that, then what? I could stop doing as much stuff and, like, just focus on making the things that I want to make all the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. I wouldn't happen to wake up at six in the morning. That might be cool. Or I could make a bunch of work and then try to get more freelance stuff, which yeah. I guess I want to do anyway, but I don't know when I'm going to do that. But it'll be exciting. About just, making more work? It's, it's like time equals money almost directly. It like, does. There's a direct correlation between time and money. It, there's a and direct correlation. if you don't have any money, then you don't have any time. That's just how it works. Yeah, there was, there was a guy who wrote, the guy who wrote Little Miss Sunshine yeah. did an interview and he had this quote that I really liked and he's like, being poor takes a lot of time. And I was like, that is like the truth of, of the life. earth. Because you have to do a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't have to do. Like taking the bus takes a long time. You just have to factor that in. And he talked about that too. He was like, because he, so his thing was he took two years off and he wrote 11 scripts and during that time, he was dirt poor. And he was talking about, he's like, well, it was a problem because, yeah, you have, there's all these things you have to do to, like, just keep afloat that takes more time if you don't have money. But after that, he wrote those 11 scripts and then he got into an agency where he was script reading and then one of his scripts got picked up. And then that was that. But that's amazing. Two years of just making stuff. Well, that's dedication. I mean, I think we talk about that every time we talk about comics and how it is really hard to make a living doing only comics. Which yeah, is I don't why think people... you can. I don't even think if you're good, you can. You have to be like Oda. And that's like the only person who gets to do it. You mean Odo? Odo, Odo. the shapeshifter? Yeah. Only, only him. He be a shapeshifter. He probably doesn't need any money. Well, and the other thing yeah, is, no, like, they don't need any money in that time period because they don't have only only Ferengis care about 
gold press latinum. Well, one of one of the podcasts yeah. that I listened There's to no was talking about web comic artists gold press latinum. and those people that they actually make a living off of it, and they were like. They make a living. They don't make a living off the comics because the comics are for free. They make it off of the merchandise. Well, that's what I was saying is that you have to do it for the love of the project. Right. And so, like, yeah, when you're talking about time is money and you're just like, well, I'm going to spend this time on this thing. But you are also giving up money then. You are trading. Yeah, you are trading a a one-to-one ratio. It is a direct. Yes, it is direct correlation, which I like. I like I'm willing to do that. That's why I'm excited about not having a loan, because that means that that's a whole chunk I don't have to worry about. Yeah, so what I mean, what what do you think what do you guys think is worth volunteering for? I think like art projects are worth volunteering for, but the problem is you have to keep in mind like this is what I'm bad at is keeping in mind that one to one money ratio because you cannot give up like I cannot give up jobs at all. Right. But then if you take on other projects, there isn't like you can't just be like, Okay, well I'm just not gonna work for a while. Well that's why I was I was saying when you we were talking about this thing where where we're like, Oh, we wish that we had more time to do stuff and that it wasn't like so crammed in there with projects upon projects upon projects but then you're like right. well i'm not going to get rid of my jobs you can't do that you can't do that and if you're going to do anything fun you have to do it on top of your job you do have to do it depletes all right no i don't i don't i'm available like not anti doing projects i i'm all about it i just think like like i have a poor idea of time management and what i can handle you know, well, like I always end up taking on more than I can handle. I think Jenny and I were talking about this when we were walking back from the coffee house the other day, and we were just saying that the reason why some of our projects balloon up into these like ridiculous forms is because we want to make it the best it can be. Right. And then the more information you get apo- like about a subject, the more you realize you can do to it, and then all of a yeah. sudden it's just this like mammoth. Well, we were talking about it in relation to Great Personality, how at first we were like, oh yeah, you we, can totally we were like, gonna make release a zine. four of them. In, in a month, the time of the show, <laughs> and yeah. do a zine no, I don't, I don't know. and publish a book about it. I mean, like you could. That's the funny thing. I don't like, know if it was to, possible. Well, we have to do that every time we do stuff for design jobs. We're like, okay, you've got a budget of four hours, then you're going to get what I can do four in hours, four hours, right? And that's, but then, and that's the thing. We could have made. We could have made great personality. All four of them, but it would have been the lamest. Well, it wouldn't even been a game or anything. Right. You it would have, have been, been just like, like, click, 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 you're done. And then you're right. like, well, that's, what? Yeah, that's not yeah. a story. But that, And that's the thing, too, is like, so the idea that I had and that I was thinking about yesterday was revolving around the idea of invisible work, which is all the work that you have to do that you don't factor in when you think you're taking on a project. Oh, you're like, yeah. now I so have like, to go to buy this paper. And now I have to go well, yeah, and there's that. do prototypes before I do yeah. the zine. Or and like, this time right. I'm going to... Right. I mean, with the comic project, and I, the funny thing is, like, I knew this, even though I should have, I should have said something earlier. But I, I, I know, like, this is a learning thing. But when I started working on the comic project, you know, I knew that I was going to be following this through to production because I want to make sure it was good. Yeah. And the last meeting that I had with Keith, he was like, "I'm really sorry. Like, this is like way more work than just making pages." And I was like, "Yeah, well, I, I sort of knew that. Like, I knew we were going to have to do InDesign. I knew we were going to have to make." a copyright page i knew that we're gonna you're gonna have some extra at the back and yeah you're gonna because do a you're aware of all that stuff that yeah, usually happens yeah. but right. then of course but when you i think didn't about- really think about it properly because i would have factored that in and like well also you have to pay me for this yes yeah. and, this, and this well becca and i were talking about that yesterday when i realized that i was trying to do eight beach towels in four days or something like that and i was like yeah i i totally underestimated like the estimate for this when i sent an estimate to those guys i was like oh yeah it's gonna take oh eight to ten hours a towel 
And then I was like, oh my God. Why did I think I could do that? Eight times 10 hours is 80 hours, which is more than two days. Yeah, so, like, whoops. it would be impossible so, to even do it in that amount of time. It is, but you get used to this, like, this thing. But then you realize once you're in it, you don't take into consideration the days when you're tired and you can't do it right. right. And that's what I mean about invisible work. Or is, like, changes the, in the project. Yeah, and yeah, all that kind of like, stuff. Yeah, or, like, all your other deadlines on top of it. And, like, like you're, when, you, when you do an estimate, like, for instance, when I was doing an estimate for a page, I was considering, like, me, and it's not, it's not that I, like... An, like at the top of my game, yeah, I could probably kick out pages like, and I have, you know, yeah. in the past. But for some reason, whenever I'm estimating, I'm always thinking of my best times when I am like, I think we all working are. at a hundred percent, yeah, not factoring in like, oh well, what if the cats throw up on my stuff? Yeah, or you know? what if, or what, what if, if I get a phone call and I have to move and like not work in my space, and I, then I have to haul all my crap somewhere, and then like, you, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's the other thing. I also think that that. For example, when I said eight to ten hours, you're sitting there and you're realizing how much better it could be if you spent an extra hour and a half on it. And you're not going to, and this is what Beck and I were talking about, you're not going to hand, like, I guess your two options are hand in something that is subpar to which what you, you think won't. it should, which you won't, or spend more time so your hourly rate gets way, or, like, whittled down. It to, does. Or you, you know, can factor in things like last night when Chris, when we were troubleshooting Jenny's game... And you could think about how many hours that actually took, and we still didn't even figure it out. Like so that's then, like invisible work that you didn't even th- you don't even you don't consider that's not going to work. Yeah. You just assume that the game is going to work when you put it together. Which is probably why, like, when we're sitting here and we're just like, oh yeah, you know, installing a show only takes, you know, half a week. That'll be fine. And then at we're the like, top oh. of your game, and you have With all no of your app- kinks. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. have to go to the, you don't have to go to the hardware store. Nothing breaks. Um, yeah, all of your and you're just putting together. nails in the wall. Yeah. Instead of building Somebody shelves. Somebody hands you all right, the stuff completely the, ready like, and you just do it. Yeah. No, I know. Well, that's like there's always a week of like unpacking random stuff or printing Or whatever, like pa- or repacking, like like considering like Animistics is going to have to get shipped. I, I mean, it's one of those things where we didn't realize that some of the glass was going to come broken. Right. You know, right. then we it's have to reprint. Well, there is that stuff, but, frame, you know. But for some reason, when it also whenever a project like, like okay, Animistics, it has like... For some reason, we have the tendency to think about it up until it goes up, and then everything else, it's like, we stop thinking about the show as soon as it's in the wall. But the show doesn't end then. The show does not end until all the artwork is back. No, the show starts then. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. But but the work doesn't end, I should say. You Like, you still yeah. have to send all those pieces back. Oh, yeah. You still have right. to, like, figure out the shop and, like... And that, the shipping and the whatever. Right. Whatever. Like, there's all those things. And I think a lot of times with projects, we think of, like, the release as the end of it when it's not. It's more yeah. like a like a curve, like a, a parabola. And at the, the peak of the parabola is when the show is, but then there's still all this winding mm-hmm. down. Yeah, like the day before the opening is like yeah. the, the crescendo. Well, I mean, like the perfect example of this is everything that happened this year. Like we're still, or everything ever, like we're still shipping out tarot decks. We're still shipping out. Right. Romasa, if you're still making great personality. And so, Omnibus like, Treasury. Omnibus Treasury. So your snowball we're, of action is just like perpetually right. yeah, getting bigger. And so when slower, you're adding new projects, you, know? you, you have these parabolas that are crossing each other. And for some reason, anytime the parabola is on the downswing, we just like chop it off and it like gets invisible for some reason. Like it's like, like you can't see that when you're planning. Thinking. What's hard about this is we were thinking about the next couple of shows that are supposed to be coming up in fall and we're having like a minor panic attack, not because we can't think of ideas, but just because at this crucial moment, every single one of us is so saturated with responsibilities and 
to throw something on top of it is almost this like like you kind of have to like you well, have to if we don't right. put out a call for art then we're not know. gonna have something on time well the well you bet on time of whose schedule though like our schedule on the schedule of how things work <laughs> yes i mean like it if we don't if okay because we have to work so far in advance we have to plan for when we think it's going to be a, an okay time to put a show. Right. So we try our best to anticipate when that, like, the top of the parabola is going to hit. Right. But but you have to do that in advance. And yes. you have to right. think about that in advance, which is super weird when you think right. about how much well, work you're doing like the plus minimum, thinking about it. The minimum time we need for a show is three months at the very minimum. At the minimum if, so, if artists don't get much time to make work. Yes. And yes. if it's an and easy it's, show to hang up. Yes. Yeah. See, so like, and and the thing is, in a, I don't know if this is a perfect world, but in my head, a, let's say you butted your parabolas up where they begin and end, and so like they're facing like this, you're gonna have but to draw a diagram for the bloggers. There's there's, no, there's not just two, like there's a constant, no, but the, they'll be like it'll be at like the this. peak of everything. Like all the peaks, it's like well, yeah, no, it's no, like six of them, this is what and they're all the peaks like. just line up. This is ideal because that means like this is Nobody the time you get see to that, bike. Nobody can see that. No one can see your hand oh. motion. Well, but like Somebody if it is, it's a McDonald's arch. Six arches, McDonald's, but they're all overlap, so all the tops touch each other. That's yes. what it's like. Yeah, it is. Imagine like a this conversation dip. where everyone's overlapping <laughs> everyone else's voice, and then turn that into a parabola. <laughs> oh yeah, which is exactly what's happening. Maybe maybe yeah. we okay, should wait. So, so let um, people talk. But my parabola <laughs> idea is 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 a McDonald's arch where the downtime of a parabola and even the uptime of a parabola is when there is free time. And at the top of the parabola, you probably don't have really much free time because you are like it's crunch time. What's free but time? All of our crunch time is pressed together. So. I was thinking about that, and I feel like our crunch time is basically, and and I think Lindsay and I were talking about this the other day, where Jenny has like adjusted to our crunch time is basically life. Yeah, life. Because there is never a non-crunch time. There is not a downtime no, anymore. That's what I was saying with the six things. Right, and that's like, why I don't think it's together. healthy. <laughs> All the tops happen, so it's just like one after another. And that's what I've talked to you guys about too. Like this schedule for things is interesting because I can count on one week out of my month. Being just install, I have to put everything else aside, so I have to do it ahead of time. So then, like as soon as the show goes up, there's a giant other fire that has to be like addressed so right away. You the know? reason why we can't do the McDonald's arch <laughs> is because everybody else in the universe isn't here, and they don't realize that like a massive window between shows is us like coming down from a show and then ramping up again it looks like a big dead hole i'm fine with that <laughs> i don't know if i'm fine with that i feel like that's one of those things that I it's mean, like the the nature of our existence as a gallery band name a big a dead, dead hole, hole. <laughs> big dead hole big oh, dead hole if i could play an instrument i'd be in that one yeah, and so, but you know what I mean? That, like, to everybody else, they don't, yeah, I mean, no, they don't necessarily see that we're sitting on a Saturday morning trying to I understand that. work out the kinks of Dream Arcade or, you know, or packaging stuff or photographing zines for the shop. I mean, mm-hmm. okay, oh, so the point of me saying that is that I think in the best case scenario for me would be those of us in the small team of people would be at different parabolas internally. Like, for one of us, it would be our crazy time, and then you'd get to kind of, like... Because we're working as a team here, 
You know what I mean? Like if I'm having an intense time making all the jewelry following up from the orders, maybe Jenny is having a little bit more of a leisurely time because she gets to wait until the next big install or something like that. You know what I mean? That's a horrible example, but you know yeah. what no, I'm trying I think to say. That's a good example. So, I... but I think that that our whole like our weird like multiple arch situation still still yeah. keeps things going. But maybe internally we get a little bit of a breather because of what we're participating in. This is ideally. Ideally, it doesn't work like that. I don't well, know why. I even no. think a lot of the because of the projects that we do, even like with like minimum involvement, I feel like I could say that I have that minimum involvement but at the same time so each project needs multiple people i would hope that my minimum involvement is just helping because if i take on anything else then i cannot be a helper Mm -hmm. if i decided to like do an omnibus treasury i would be not only a monster but i'd also be (laughs) a i would not like i wouldn't i wouldn't even volunteer to help i would just stop doing that i think that's the thing that gets really crazy i mean today today i had to go and run and get tape which is not a big deal but it is if you have your time packed so right specifically well, that if you're, you're in like crunch Uh-oh. time you should not be running and getting tape yeah but then if you don't have tape then that's a problem well, you can't, too. right you can't not have tape right. so that's well, the thing it's I like feel, i feel like part of the problem or not the problem like it's working really well we all have like our specialties but like for example if chris is packed with a schedule but he still has to edit the podcast or something like we don't have the ability like, to do the that specialty to do that you know and so it is hard when you're like dream arcade and podcast and whatever falls on chris's plate and then we have uh, like the other plates full of stuff too and so we're just trying to like juggle it around just i think f- those plates are really hard because there's some things where like getting tape anybody can do that yeah right. but when you do have a specific thing it's like the podcast has always been my weekend thing Right, but if you don't have weekends, how do you do it? Right, and there's, like, with Dream Arcade and all sorts of other deadlines, there are weekends where I just am like, boy, I wish this was somebody else's responsibility this weekend, and it just can't be. But it could be, but you guys would have to have the free time to learn how to To do it. To learn, yeah. And since nobody ever has the time to learn to do it. I want to learn how to do it. (laughs) Well, when you said yesterday, what did you say? You got mad enough that when somebody sent you a text, you were like, that stupid jerk well, yeah. that's not what he said he said a different set of words but he's just like that stupid jerk don't bother me when we get moment when we right. get really busy like this then every time somebody texts me and is like hey do you want to come over and hang out I and know. then instead of being like oh i can't sorry i feel like i say that so much that i just get like irrationally Curious. angry at that person though yeah. i'm just like, <laughs> You're like you how dare you me? ask me you know. to be a friend but the, yeah. but the thing is they don't horrible. though that's the thing and i know i feel the same way and i, I when I am getting irrationally angry at like my family for calling me and it's sad because I am angry at them and they can tell <laughs> and they don't know why. And I'm I, like, it makes me feel so gross. And then like in, on a good day, I'll sit and talk to my dad about business stuff. I'll love to do that. But on a bad day, I'm just like, you're like, I need to get my stuff done. I don't even say that. And I, I say that I'm, I hate saying I'm busy. Cause like, I understand like when I say that, it's almost like I'm accusing them of my busyness, even though it's completely my own fault. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm too busy to talk to you. And it's like, well, that's not their fault. That's my fault. I didn't, I chose to do that. I I said this a long time ago about like parties too. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I'm not, I'm just not even going to go because I don't want to be a party. Right. Bring everyone down. So like I do the same thing. Like I did this with my little sister earlier this week. I text her on Sunday and I was like, Hey, can I call you on Wednesday? Cause I think I'll have like, 30 minutes on wednesday to talk and so just letting them know that i'm not 
I don't have free time, but this is a time that I can maybe set apart just for this very specific thing. I don't know. I yeah. feel like that works yes, better and for I, me. So I, agree. I can like get You just schedule all your moments. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. See, I don't sca- even think you need to do that though, because for instance with for instance, our friend invited us over last night and I was like you know, we had that event going on and we had Dream Arcade to work on and we had all sorts of stuff to do and we all just went. And once I'm there Right. Then I'm like, oh, that this seems is to fun. be a well, thing that, with you, though. The, I mean, that's well, a thing. Right, like, I was yeah. telling Jenny too. But is like, that a thing with you? Were you? Well, I think all of us just brought stuff to work on. I don't know if you ever actually worked on anything. I nope. fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made like a half of a sketch and stopped. I mean, I but, feel like it was an unapologetic, like, hey, sorry, like we well, we'd like to hang out with you, but we're gonna bring stuff because there's that's the only well, way. I think that's I'd, even how we hang out too. We're like, well, that you want to work out. on your zine together. Yeah. I used to be. Like I think the only way people around here hang out is they go, hey, you want to go to the coffee house and work on stuff? Together. Right. Well, and the thing is, I used to be really yeah. good at that, and I actually used to be. I feel like that's what a lot of people do when they're in school. Right. Yes. And in school, I was really good at it, and I was good at. It to the point where that was the only way it, hang- it was just i sound like a horrible person and i am but i would that was the only way i'd hang out with people was if they would agree to that and fortunately like, i am the worst so no but i but i was horrible I, and fortunately my best friend was the same way so we just did that all the time and then when we'd hang out with other people who like to do things like watch shows and do stuff and they'd be like what are you doing and i'd be offended and i'd be like how dare you ask me what i'm doing i'm working you know, but now it's weird because like, for instance, last night I brought stuff to work on and I like did half a sketch and then watched the show. And nowadays, like whenever we have an invite like that and I decide to go, it's always like, like, it's like me digging my feet in and gritting my teeth. And then as soon as I get there, I'm like, it's like when you were really hungry and you didn't realize it until you got there and you're like, I needed this so badly. You don't even understand, you know, because the entire time you've been like clenching your teeth and like digging your way through this it's sad that that is the analogy that happens with hanging out with no but 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 our friends you're like i have to do no but no it isn't that it's it's that you like know because because i think i honestly i would like to read more about this but i think when you get in work mode a part of your brain switches off another side of you the like fun i'm sure it does enjoyable side yeah and then, <laughs> then you become a horrible well, monster. No, you become like a machine, and which is why everyone realizing. hates their coworkers except for us. So, yeah. well, that actually happened the other night when Ian, our friend Ian, came over and he was going to help me with a project. And we don't usually work together because I don't know Ian. I didn't know him in school or anything like that. But so usually when we see each other, it is like for only fun. But then I was like giving him assignments, and uh-huh. then we kind of chatted for a while. But eventually, we both turn into machine mode yeah we just went silent and worked and then it actually was really good we both got a lot of work done but it was like so no hatred came out no hatred no i don't out. think no. it's hatred i mean I just he had think work it's to like, do too so right it's like machine mode and like, that's the thing this. like i don't i don't think you can do that with everyone like my like i said my friend from college we could do that we could sit there and work silently and you know look up every two hours and be like how's it going i think that's an understanding thing i feel mm-hmm. like it, in the only reason why I could bring stuff to Ryan's house and do it there was instead of feeling horrible was because we know each other well enough that hopefully he would not be offended. No, I mean, he isn't. He, we, you know? we even asked him and he said that was cool. And that's the thing. Like he, like all of our friends are that way, you know? I mean, they have been, they're, they're creatives too. They know what it's like. Yeah. You know, and they, I'm sure would, if they had to they'd do the same thing and we wouldn't be upset about it you know but i feel like that's when you were saying about how there's immovable things in your schedule yeah i mean you can't not do and so what 
what's left is multitasking the rest of it, maybe. And hopefully everybody forgives you. I think they do. No, well, they I mean, do. They do. I they think totally they do. do. The ones I, who care do. Yeah. I also sometimes find, and like, I don't know what this means about me, but like, if it's like 11 o'clock when I get home, I'm like, well, there's nothing really I can get done. Or maybe there's like a tiny thing I can get done before I just start like falling asleep on my work or whatever. And so I'm if I'm at like over, being over at Ryan's or being over at whoever's and if everyone's working on stuff, I'm a lot more motivated to get things done than I would be if I'm just like, oh, time for bed. Right. That is definitely you know? the, that was so a college thing a for real. it is a way real. to get more stuff done. It was like a work party and mm-hmm. you just like you feel guilty if you're not working, which is was you guilting yourself into it. I don't know. I also like, for instance, with something like that, too, I am I also knew or know that i'm the same way like at 11 o'clock or later i am not really the things i'm making aren't worth worth it yeah well i think it's always like i want a chunk of time i want to be able to spread out my stuff and get a lot done i want like at least three hours to just like crank through something otherwise if i only have 30 minutes and that's what where that like 30 minute list always comes in because i'm always like this is stupid i how can you You can't set up your tools and then have 20 minutes be gone brain in the right space to like do anything productive you know Mm -hmm. that's why when i go to class right from here (laughs) and i'm panicking and i have to go to class and be a social person and i'm always like i really hope they don't notice that i'm having like a panic attack right now (laughs) i hope this works out it's it it's hard i don't know i mean like in the way beginning of our conversation we were talking about like why like like summer's going to be over and then what you know but yeah. I, i'm happy that that i'm busy if i wasn't busy i'd probably be miserable you know if i didn't have things to do i would be sad if all i was doing was like work work or if i didn't have like a diversified schedule and, and even though there's like so much stuff to do that sometimes it's really tiring and really crushing mm-hmm. if 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 i didn't have multiple things going i would never feel good yeah i you know? agree with that I, I just i know for myself it is just a matter of balancing those things better because i at the moment i am right now i don't i do not have an appropriate amount of things and i just need to figure out because i i agree i think it's important to have other stuff but um. i think it's just when people get i mean people as in us or whoever you know you get ambitious with what you would like to do so you try and fit it in there Mm -hmm. that's all it's just hard right yeah it's hard to fit it in there my new idea about projects like the next one that i'm gonna do that that i'm looking forward to is i will and it's actually helpful because i'm doing a project like it right now so I can keep track of my time and how long it's taking me to do every little piece of it. I'm going to factor that in and then use my planner to actually be like, okay, I'm going to give myself leeway for things because I know, first of all, whenever I say I'm going to get something done, it ends up taking three times as long. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. And I'm going to actually, using a calendar, plan exactly when I'm going to do everything, knowing that it's not going to stick to it perfectly, but it's going to have an idea. Because one thing I would like to do is, and I always don't, I don't factor these things in is when someone texts me and is like, Hey, do you want to hang out tonight? And I would like to be able to say yes without like hesitating, you know, or like, yes, without like waiting seriously, like a day before I'm like, wait a minute, can I do that? I don't know if I can do that. So if I plan that out and I know exactly how long all my extracurriculars are going to take, then I'll be able to fit in other little extracurriculars or helping people move or something. You know, like you can throw those things in there without like freaking out and getting angry at the other person because you haven't figured your shit out. Like I, that's what I would like to do. So do you feel like, do you feel like 
right now you're as you're thinking through this in your brain you have room for one project for the next like six months is that kind of what it feels it depends on the type of project well i know you're making a comic i'm gonna make a comic which is one project for the next six months or one project for the next eight months it i it is going to be the one project that i i'm not sure how long it's going to take that's a problem because it's it's longer than the, the projects that i'm working in now I am going to, that is the one project I'm going to hold myself accountable for because I also like being involved in collaborative things. Mm-hmm. And I would like to be, like I said, I want to be able to say, yes, I can help without like gritting my teeth and like being mad about it because I do genuinely want to help. But if I, if I've committed myself to like 30 other projects, you know, then, then I can't do that. So I'm going to commit myself to one and then see what happens. Cause I know like things will happen. Like, like, just life happens. So what would you do, Chris? Would you just say no to every everything as it pops up? That's the problem that I have. I say yes to almost all of it. Yeah, no, I think because I used to Because I it. don't want to say no, so then I just don't. Is there, Are we talking about a specific project? Well, like, uh, if, after your once... Okay, say it is September 15th. 13th. Oh, yeah. Oh, whatever. okay. Or Never 13th. mind. So you get three more days just to hang out. <laughs> so You're probably going to be recovering. What are you going to do after September 15th? Would you ever take on any other projects? Ever? Well, <laughs> ever? yeah, I have projects Again? that are waiting for this project to end. Yes, I would. So you have a queue. But I head. have my own projects, and they are not as labor-intensive as Dream Arcade, and they're a little bit more manageable and a little bit more compactable. Also, Dream Arcade does not end September 12th because... Right, Plurabola. <laughs> that's fine. Let's just say November. I mean, I mean, that's the other thing. I think it's... Dream Arcade keeps going, just like Great Personality keeps mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. into infinity. It could if you wanted it to. I mean, it, it could. could. That's the thing. It could. That's the thing with any of these projects. They could all last forever if you wanted them to. They could. Well, if, if we found some time somewhere. Well, until like, we like decide. I mean, capsule. we've talked about that with other projects, like daily projects. When do you end a daily project? When you run out of time. I'm seeing when you now, run out of time or when you just feel like the project has ran its course? I think you're supposed to end a project before it gets lame. Right. Yeah. I think now I, I, I'm beginning to believe in... Leave on a high note. This is this is an analogy for you, Chris. I'm going to say a daily project, if you equate that to a game, if you think about how like a game like Water, Lords of Waterdeep works where there's rounds, <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel like that's how that's how daily projects supposed to happen. You're supposed to have a set ending because you could keep playing it forever. If you didn't like say, okay, well, we're only do this eight times and it's going to be done. And daily project, you'd say it's going to be a month or it's going to be three months and then it's done. Because otherwise, like for instance, with daily pattern, I don't know how I end. I didn't really end it. And you I just still sort of petered off and then. Right. I would. And then I would and do then... one like every three days. And so, like, that's gross. Like I, I should have stopped like and be like, like August 30th, I'm going to be finished. And then I've come, I've actually succeeded where I still feel guilty that I have not succeeded at daily pattern because I didn't end it properly i just like well that's what i'm saying you 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 figure out your thing before it gets lame yeah a planned a planned end like television series i need to do that right who tell tv series yeah instead of like I, being like well, we're gonna keep doing it that's the thing they or they just don't know if they have funding or the writers change or the something yeah changes. That, well that see that's the thing and you TV know, series it's never the same way. yeah it's never the same i don't know i I'm looking forward to all sorts of stuff. I have a queue that's a million miles long. I've signed up to teach two BFA classes in the fall, which one of which is in the middle of the day on a Thursday, which I know is a fun class because I've taught it a bunch of times, but I'm also sort of terrified at what that one day, that one chunk of time is going to do to this like already taped together 
schedule schedule right. of mine. Well, that also goes back to the invisible work thing because I know, like Francesca taught a class in the middle of the day, and it basically ruined. Well, it didn't ruin it. It just takes no, up your whole well, day because the morning is like prep time. No, I'm going to say it ruined it. It ruined the oh, okay. day before because you well, always had to prep the it, day before took, or whatever. The thing about teaching a class, and this is different probably for you, Lindsay, because you are, I think you're much more of a pro at this than I am. But when you teach a class, it's a little bit like an iceberg where the class time that you have is so much time. It's but like spend, on the top, the little blip. But you spend like twice as much outside of class, which is, I mean, I should, and I should have known that. Because I've taught before, but for some reason, every time I teach, I forget that that's how long it takes. That's like that project thing we were saying, you know, you want it to be the best it can be. So then you try and like curate it Mm -hmm. and you try and put all the content in it and you Mm -hmm. try and make sure that you know exactly how you're going to say it. So that by the time you get in there, you just you've rehearsed it and you just go. And I I believe in that. I mean, I believe in that with presentations, too, like you or anytime you are in front of people and you have to be a professional, like you're not going to just walk in and be a professional. Like professionals don't do that. They like plan. And if maybe that's something that you've done, like you could have planned, like in your case, you know, your material inside out because you've been doing it so long. So you have this thing down, but like somebody who hasn't done that before, you know, you, if they do a good job, you can bank on the fact that like, I'm sure all these icon speakers that, that you guys listen to, they probably spent however many hours preparing their talks and Well, the funny thing about that is I think, and this is just, truly how i feel about this i think some people just talked off the cuff and they had slides that they were just reacting to and other people like they read off a piece of paper yeah like they were reading a piece of paper while they're up there and then other people probably had their their jokes figured out their you know what i mean like they had their whole entire spiel like do you think people that talk off the cuff though prepare I think it's probably like what I do in class. They know what they're, they know their topic. So they're like, oh yeah, when that shows up, I'm going to say something that relates to the thing that we did before. That's probably how I would do it. I would probably make, I would probably bring materials that would, that would prompt you. Yeah. Each, each image would prompt me and I wouldn't plan out specifically what I was going to say about that image, but I would just be like this. Well, I'll probably end up talking about this, but I wouldn't say like, well, that's, and then I'll be like this, insert laughs here and yeah. four seconds. Well, I mean, that's, no, and that's how that works. That's definitely like my experience with teaching has been very much like that because the first class that I taught, I did it like insert laughs here style. The very first like <laughs> class one, like episode one, season one, like very number one was super planned out. And immediately like after half an hour, I got off time and I was like, oh no, what do I do? And then like after three classes, you start to realize, oh, wait a minute. That's not how this works. Yeah. You're supposed to have that plan, but you're not supposed to sit there and look at it. You're supposed to do that when you, like, like you have an idea of the content. You have transitions planned. Right. You're and like, at 7.30, I need to move on. And you but also, whatever happens between now and then. Right. But yeah. you need to know your content so thoroughly that you are prepared for, like, like say it decides to go down another path because somebody has a question about a thing. You're like, well, this is, because I think the best, the most interesting best classes that, that, I've had have been when students react really strongly to something and then you're like well let's do this because what's a better use of our time like me explaining to you this thing that you don't care about or like us investigating something you do care about you know See, and that's exactly how I feel all of our shows go we have like a structure and we have transitions and then all of a sudden you get into it and then all of a sudden you're spending more time or less time depending on what you're finding out Mm -hmm. that is a metaphor for life in general Mm mm-hmm 
uh-oh, now I just had one of those moments where I'm like <laughs> looking at it in a microscope and then zooming out. But I think plans are essential, out. though. I think you can't do that without a plan. Yeah, I think it's a general plan. Yeah, we went and we gave that talk at IGDA, and I feel like it was probably the same sort of format that... Well, that was definitely in the camp of... Of bringing here's some stuff here's because basically we went through you know we went through our timeline which was kind uh-huh. of cataloged by those pdfs that we had mm-hmm. yeah um and we didn't really plan out but we know everything so inside it out because we've lived it or whatever that it wasn't hard to see something and be like what should i say about this well mm. yeah one of some of the best speakers i think had exactly like almost exactly the same kind of thing they had chronicled examples of workspaces so they talk about work and yes. pace and yeah. then they'd show their personal space and they'd talk yes. about their own materials so it was transitioning organically because of that you know mm-hmm. so you're like looking and absorbing at the same time i don't know i think it's funny that that whole thing you know i was talking about how you know when you you okay so so this week i have to go and prep for the classes i'm going to teach in the fall and i have i won a like a instructor's innovation grant, which I'm really proud of and I'm really excited by it. And then I have to go to three meetings, which I don't know what they're about yet. But the whole point of that grant was to shake up my normal process and to insert things that I normally wouldn't do. But now I have to kind of, and Jenny can probably speak to this too, when you write a grant and you tell people you're going to do something, like I feel like we do what we say we're going to do in in life, but it's a one-to-one like, what did you do with that money? Did yes, you do the thing yes. that you said you were going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And so now I have to be very, very considerate of planning things out yes. a lot more, like insert laugh here, than right. I would normally. Well, I feel Which like is because kind of, of against our style too, because we're usually very adaptive. And yeah, when you right. write a grant and you're like, we're going to do this, and then you find out maybe there's something way better. Yeah, Are or you maybe supposed what to you veer said off is totally on that wrong. better path, or do you have to stick what you said because you said you were going to say it? And people I think give it's you a combo both. It. Like the good thing about a grant is it almost feels like a business plan. Like you have to walk through every step and be like, "This is how this person's getting here. This is where the materials are going to come from on this date a year from now. This exact thing's going to happen." Which is weird because it's super weird. How do you know it's going to work? Well, I yeah, and how do you know weird. that again? I, I think they probably don't expect it that it will no, go off without a hitch. No, and that's what like but... the final reports are about, and that's why you have to like show exactly what happened because they do. Expect they're like, well, I was change. planning it's on like having this giant experiment. orchestrated yeah. event. What I ended up doing was eating a bunch of Doritos and sleeping all day. Well, Doritos, Doritos loaded. Do you remember yeah, Doritos, loaded, Doritos yeah. loaded? Oh man, do you remember like in in like second grade when you learn about the scientific process and it's like. What is the first thing is hypothesis, right? Or research is first, then hypothesis, then then experiment, then conclusion. And so and in art, hypothesis. I feel like our art one is the like whole explore, artist, judge, warrior phase. Wait, and what? Say um, that again. Ultimate okay. warrior? Ultimate warrior. <laughs> oh, so This sounds like a Star Trek thing, too. Just, <laughs> no, it's, it's a... Oh, I wish I remember, see, I Which episode the name of, the guy. of Next Generation Which episode about? is the one? Tell me there's, what works. There's a guy doing. who wrote this thing. Tell me the exact correlation to data quotes. Yes. <laughs> I have only seen like two seasons, okay. so I'm like Sorry. useless for this. Go ahead. Um, he wrote this philosophical <laughs> approach to being a creative and how there are four stages. One is the explorer, and they usually typically will happen in this order, but you can kind of bop around between them. So it's explorer, artist, judge, warrior. So you do these things. And the phase that we're probably really comfortable in is explorer and 
an artist, which is when you're reacting to things, you're creating things with like kind of not really considering the consequences too much, because if you did, it would destroy the creative process. But then you judge it, which we actually feel like are pretty good at too, which is kind of analyzing how well something is working. But then the next phase, which I think, I feel like this judge and, and warrior are probably hard to deal with because people tend to judge too much and then not warrior enough. Warrior is just the act of doing it. And so like, for instance, with your class, you would come up with all this stuff before you executed it. You'd be like, well, here's my plan. Here's my hypothesis. This is what I think is going to work. And then when you come to the point of executing it, you don't go back and be a creative anymore. You're just executing. And then after you're done with it, you can be a judge again and kind of determine whether or not that worked. And so the next time you did it, you would apply a variable and be like, here's a new variable. I'm going to do this again. That's exactly how class works. That's exactly how class works. I have my judging phase talking to my mom in the car where I'm either really furious or really excited. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm like, this is what happened. Why did this happen? And then she's like, I don't know. I feel the most like a warrior when we are during a show. Basically, anytime you have to be in front of people because you like at an opening at an opening or at a talk, like when you're giving a, a talk because you do not have room to react like you have to react i guess but you basically have to plow through yeah you know for better or for worse like like somebody could start like standing on a table and screaming and you have to continue and to you act like, like you get fine. down and get out <laughs> right right now and you're like well i'm going to continue to give my talk and you can flip around if you want to but <laughs> like and and i think sometimes so when we do a project like and you're talking about like how we always like we're like, well, we can make this better. We can do this. And I think that's great. And we that's like cool to do. But then at some point it gets in the way of being a warrior and just getting the thing done. Cause you're like, well, we're going to do it different now. Like yeah. after we've started, we're, we've decided that we're going to like change this and kind of move forward. So it's like a weird balance of like, when do you, when do you flip off the like artist side and flip on the yeah. warrior side? <laughs> Never. You, no, you just flip the bird and then you just run around. I, I, I just flipped off all these guys. Yeah, no, I was guys confused. I was like, you, you said when you flip off the artist. Anyway, let me, let me like, over explain my rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, so I was gonna say, I think, I mean, I think you're you're right. I mean, and this is why we do things on like kind of like a group consensus thing is that we we do analyze at multiple points during the entire process of making and then we're like do we have time for this does this replace something i think we did this the other day when we're like we have to reshuffle what our our individual priorities are because Mm -hmm. jenny needs to be doing this as number one priority i need to be doing this you know Mm -hmm. and everybody needs to be doing this i mean that's what meetings i think are for totally is because you have to redo what your plan is like mm-hmm. you still are going towards the same goal, but whatever, however you get there is is different depending on how you learn. Right. I kind of like the idea though. Like, and I've I have like a rekindled appreciation for meetings because meetings are like something that I think everybody's just like, I have to go to a meeting and I'm gonna sit there and not respond. It's like no, that's not what you're. you're that's not, not what you're there for. Yeah, you know, that's not what yeah. you're having a meeting. It's and it's kind of like so. For instance, with a project like Dream Arcade, where there are so many people that need to be involved in like so many different parts, and what I appreciate meetings for is it gives you a task to work on. Your job is to complete this task. If you don't complete this task by the next meeting, then then you haven't completed your task. So you complete your task at the, till the next meeting. The next meeting is when you're like, okay, let's see what you've done. Maybe you should not be doing this, which Critique. is something I feel like happened. This meeting, my priorities changed, 
But up until that point, my priorities were established at the previous meeting. And so like that continues to change. So if I'm like reestablishing my priorities in the middle and not telling anyone, then it's just like, well, they're like, what are you doing? You know, like that's, and that's kind of how that, that kind of is that explorer versus artist versus like warrior phase. I mean, I do it to myself all the time and I have a bad time. I'm like always in the judge phase. I told Chris that I thought we should do this and maybe this is something we can do at some point. But I, I feel like to illustrate how that works, at some point it would be really great for us just to set up the podcast equipment somewhere and just like... Record our meetings? Not record our meetings, but, <laughs> but like real world, like oh, go like in a our, closet yeah. and be like, this is the most frustrating thing that has ever happened at yeah, this point. Yeah. We are at this stage. We like just did this. Installing nights and weekends and things flying off the wall. Like, yeah. Oh. I mean, and actually describe <laughs> like, it. Cause, things like that. I mean, they, yeah. we, I think up until this point, I've been sort of a, a person more concerned with how the polished final thing is. So I think in the last like... I don't know, especially the last several shows and, you know, in the past, I think I have been more concerned with people seeing like the finished like experience rather than seeing all of like the weird warts that come in before that, you know, or all the troubles or all the stuff. Mm -hmm. And I still kind of in half of my brain believe that that's how that should be. And at the same time, I, I also feel like it would be an interesting experiment to document exactly like the making of Dream Arcade or the making of Great Personality. Like the, like I mean, the people, dirt yeah. Version? Well, people have asked, and they they're just yeah. like, "Are you going to have something online that says this?" And I mean, we have some information, but we don't have like a recorded like today is the day that we met about whatever. Half the levels don't work because yeah, you know right. perpetual death is happening like on everybody's levels, yeah, and I think, think like. That would be kind of an interesting well, thing. I know last week when we were at Icon, and I was thinking about this during some of the presentations, like when Leica presented, I I mean, I already appreciated what they do, but seeing the behind the scenes and seeing how much work goes into everything, I love it a million times more. Yeah, you because know, like you're you, like, real people did yeah, this. Yeah, you're like, somebody took the time to make a million face, like literally a million face changes for this one character that they like you know it's a stop motion you know it probably took a long time but then seeing the behind the scenes you love it even more like yeah. you see the person behind it i guess know? that makes sense and, it, and it, i i think like part of what we do in general at least part of what i care about and I'm, I'm sure you guys care about this too is like sort of like the learning aspect of why even do these shows mm-hmm. and i think for all of the artists we try and ha- give like a challenge you know, but we also have a personal challenge. And I think we talked about that, too, at some point. I don't remember who we were talking to about that. But I think, you know, you're kind of like, you're like, should we do this show? And then you think about, okay, this is challenging in this way and this way. This will kind of create a new experience this way and this way. It's not just the same old, same old, which is why, actually, I think it was the last podcast or maybe it was somebody that I was talking to while we were over there or whatever, yeah, yeah. where I was like, I don't know how people can repeat themselves so often. It just is really hard for me to consider repeating. Well, if we if we only did print shows, oh, forever into infinity, I would be so bored. Yeah, yeah, I would be so bored, and I'd be like, "Why are we doing this?" I'm not really sure. Coming up with concepts is fun, but but there the the other part that I think is really fun is the problem solving, like challenging 
really tough part of it and like it's a lot of work but yeah you know in terms of like our contribution as people and as artists like i like the challenge right of some yeah. stuff yeah. well I, I imagine like like you'd bring up Leica, and i think they are a perfect example of a team of people that work like they obviously care about what they do because i don't know there i mean there aren't many even animators who will be like sure we're gonna do this the hard way you know which i kind of feel like it isn't like they're doing it for the hard way's sake they're doing it for the sake of stop motion and the fact that that's well it's right. like when jenny would say like you pick the materials that are going to showcase your concept yeah. the most or you, you know you can't separate like the way that you make it you can't separate that from the result of it you know it, like it goes hand in hand so if you want it to look a certain way or feel right. a certain way well the, the things that i'm impressed by them the most i think or well, i guess there's lots of things but if i if i compare them even against any other animation studio is one you know they are picking this way that's going to take a really long time so they know that they're going to be sitting in their dark like studio lit rooms for the next like i don't know when did paranormal came out two years ago Jeez, that was the last movie we saw in the theater it, but it, it wasn't last <laughs> it was year, while. wasn't it? No, it was a couple years ago. Box Trolls is coming out what this year? Maybe I yeah. think it's this fall. Yeah, so or like, August? so like for for what two and a half mm-hmm. years or whatever they've been sitting and working, and probably longer because the way animated films work is they overlap. So they they know that they have to do that, and they also know that they are going to. There's a couple of factors that are like constants, which is we're going to make stop motion. You know, we're going to probably some cg but these are the this is like kind of our system but within that they can have this variable you know like that they're, they're going to switch out and in our case like we know we're gonna have a show yeah you know but there's going to be a variable aspect of that and that's just going to be the thing that we get to like do that artist process where it's it's exploratory it's adding something new i think like paranorman for instance from Coraline, they they were adding the ghost thing and they were like well how are we gonna make although Coraline had some of that too I don't know, but they find like a reason or like like my classic example is Incredibles because there was this giant talk about how we're like they were like we're going to do hair and water. That's what we're focusing on for this film. Yeah. Like in in terms of technical. And they talked that up like and I'm sure it was like a ton of work to get to master those things, but when you when I think about that as like an outsider I'm like, well those are two very specific things they focused on. You know, it seems so specific, but I'm sure to them that was like like that just like blew open everything you know Well, i'm sure once yeah. you do it once and and that's exactly like what we're doing you know on a on a smaller or different level it's like once you figure out how to do something of you want to add a thing yeah you chase the path of the stuff you've just found out because you, you're not mm-hmm. done with it and that's when we were talking about like what do you do when dream arcade is over chris you know like chances are yeah you're, you'll probably be ready for it to be up on the walls and like there but at the same time once you find out that you're capable of making something function like that, I think that's hard to put down. Like, I'm not I'm not done with great personality. In right. fact, it made me want to do things crazier, and there's a bunch that's of stuff I'm I, adding yeah. to that that I mm-hmm. wish I could have done in the first one. And that's what I mean. Like, you, when you master things or you add things, you add it little by little. Like, so for instance, with Dream Arcade, too, is like learning how to do this probably i mean i think we all sort of talked about a level that we would build yeah you know and then there's kind of thoughts you might have of like well how do i kind of like spruce it up a little bit or what what like other thing do i add to this to make it a little bit better but it's funny because it's just a little thing it doesn't need like like it's still a side-scrolling 2d platformer game you know and it probably has like a lot of the same mechanics but maybe you add one 
extra thing to make it a tiny bit more special and it does you know it does make it that much better and then that works so then you're like okay well now I'm what else do can i do yeah and that's other. why they balloon out of control like yes. we're yeah, like, i was gonna well, say you have to be careful with that yeah though. well that's what i was gonna say since the beginning like it's it starts with one thing and then there's a giant high learning curve where you're like how do you print a book and then once you do that that's forever on the table where you're right like, you're like there's the could. possibility of doing a book or there's a possibility of doing a card deck or whatever because we have the numbers we have like the technical side of it we have like something to gauge it against yeah, yeah. Right. and then eventually that becomes like the not exciting version we are like the backup plan is right. doing this which we is why something crazy at this like point this. when we when we think about show concepts that's why it's so easy to pick something that's ridiculous right out the <laughs> gate and it, you know somebody asked me that at icon and they're like wow is how do you guys do all the stuff that you're doing and we're like oh you're so tired but at the same time you're you're just like well when you know you have all this stuff on the table, you could you could put this one and this one together to create some entirely different experience that, of course, since you know how to do it, it's pretty easy to be like, well, Well, sure. I think that's like the you know? appealing part for a lot of the artists, too, is like, yes, they get to do a new project. Yes, they get to make artwork, but they also can be a part of something they couldn't do otherwise or like see their work in a playable game or see their work in a lot of things. And there's lots of surprises that come with that because they are sort of relying on us to transform it into something real, like bring it to life, you know, which I think has been sort of an overarching theme of this year. Yeah. Sort of bringing it to life. I think so. I mean, I I like that. I Mm -hmm. really, I like, and yes, this year especially, and I think last year in a lot of ways too, there's almost this like reliance on the participation of the people in the same show as you. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's work works together to make a thing. I think that was one of the, you know, we were sitting there screaming in order to be heard at the road show while we were in Icon and, and people were like, what do you do? And we're like, we make things where everybody contributes one small piece to a larger whole and then it works thanks for stopping <laughs> but chris and i were talking about the fact that you've got he actually is really funny we were sitting in the car and he's like you know it's funny because you guys were at bastille day while jenny and i were in portland mm-hmm. and he's just like well it's funny because now i've got down my like one, one second spiel and he's like you want to hear it peeps it, wants to hear it <laughs> yeah peeps wants to hear it and he was just like and i was like yeah you should yeah what's yours like and he said the exact same thing Mm-hmm. that we well, say I when we're at the at thing. at Icon, we were both... So I was in this, like, aisle section, and you were behind the booth, and so when we were talking, sometimes we'd be at the same point, and so I would switch it up so that the person wasn't hearing, like, an Like echo. a stereo version? <laughs> yeah, that was happening with us, yeah. too. I was wondering, Chris, if you had mastered that at the last booth thing that you did, because I know you guys did one that I wasn't a part of. I remember when that happened for me, too. Like, I think it must have been... A, one of the craft fairs with well, a combo because, of like mission statement plus like a few examples plus right. like and you have to switch it up depending stuff. on what people are interested in yeah but i remember yeah. that and, and you have like two seconds because people are like what like, do you focus do on one project yeah and like we'll do this and yeah no it's it, and it is very it's almost dependent too on like bastille day i'm sure the crowd is totally different from icon oh yeah because because yes. yeah. everybody in both might have been trash i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I mean, but not not that so much as as the fact that Icon is mostly artists. Yeah. And Bastille Day is, and and I think this was kind of fun about it, was adapting to non-artist audience. These are people that they needed. They may not come to to galleries. They may not. Yeah, no, most of them, like, didn't even, so, like, not, 
you had to start from ground ground one yeah you know and be like okay well let me see how i can explain this the best way for you yeah. like what do you and you also have to consider like what did they want out of this experience you know? that makes sense and so, i think i think it was helpful to 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 have a postcard that we're like look at this postcard oh, while yeah. i tell you this thing well it's always good to hand something yeah but it was really funny so i, f- I feel like our weird mission statement and especially we were talking about grant writing we were we have to write it again and again and again and we have to say it again and again and it's funny how even though the and maybe this is the purpose of a really good mission statement is that no matter how much weird stuff we end up going into the the essence of what we do stays the same yeah it's funny and i kind of like that i like that too i think it it has to be specific and encompassing at the same time and the hard part is a lot of the times applications are like 50 words to describe everything you do and you're so like, that's where that's, that spiel that's comes to, in like, handy say my name and like maybe <laughs> my age i don't know but i think that's really good and i, I yeah. feel like that's something even as we do all of our like ridiculous projects i think the essence of why we're doing our stuff even if we're tired or like you know overworked at some points i feel like the reason why we do that is the same reason why we signed up to do it and mm-hmm. the same reason why we'll mm-hmm. probably continue to do it so with that i do think we should tell people what is next mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking of things so i think in just a couple weeks yeah just about a week and a half we have the opening reception for stacks which is happening on august 1st which is going to be amazing by the yes. way you guys we've received all these zines that are uh, completely different formats really amazing story and narrative driven ones some really experiential ones some that have like incredible techniques and hidden parts and like all different t- kinds of topics from really personal things to things that deal with pop culture um and so at this point jenny is uh getting ready to install mm-hmm. which is yep. fun um and i think too if you guys uh want to you can have like a sneak peek um we're going to be dropping some photos in the next week or two of some of the stuff that's coming up and jenny's been doing that on her facebook page so far Mm -hmm. uh but you can really see like the the care that people put into these so if you want to come and experience the last 30 years in a timeline like fashion where you get to kind of revisit your favorite years from the olden days uh, we've got years from 1984 all the way up to present day, which is awesome. And so, uh, what day is that again? So August 1st from 7 to 10 p.m. That's the opening reception. And then, of course, it'll be up throughout the month. So you guys are welcome to stop by and see it. And we'll have it archived really well online, too. So lots of really amazing projects. Um, I think everyone stepped it up. They've done really awesome things. We've all been blown away by all the like special techniques and lino cuts and um, all sorts of really fun stuff. So it really is important to see in person, I feel like, and get the full experience. Definitely. And, you know, and if you are not in Minneapolis, um, each artist has done a, a handful, uh, maybe 12, 13, 14, 15 extra zines um, because if you haven't heard about it before the show itself is a collaborative effort where each artist each participating artist gets the full 60 zines from you know the participating artists so they get a stack of zines and so they've done a couple editions past that so those will be available on the shop so if there's an artist out there that you know is doing your favorite year or if there's somebody whose work you follow that you're excited about you can take a peek at everything Um, there will be some available on the shop so um, and then, uh, don't we have some places that people can find us? 
<laughs> we have many places. I thought that might be you true. You could start by going to the main source, which is blog.lightgrayartlab.com. Maybe the main source is lightgrayartlab.com, but you can also go to blog.lightgrayartlab.com to be kept up on all the news, podcasts, new shows, yeah, artists, calls interviews, for art. calls for art, everything you can find there. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at lightgrayartlab. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lightgrayartlab. You can follow us on Tumblr at tum- lightgrayartgallery.tumblr.com. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes, or you can stream it directly on Stitcher Radio. And you can email us if you have a personal question or have a question. Mostly personal questions. I meant <laughs> a question, yeah, yeah, for the podcast at podcast at lightgrayartlab.com. And, of course, as always, um, we'll keep you up to date. We may actually do some sort of behind-the-scenes for Dream Arcade because it really is a big project for us, um, as I'm sure you guys have been seeing some of the amazing uh, previews from all the artists. So thanks again for listening to our talk today, and we'll talk with you soon. We haven't started the podcast, though. This is our podcast. No, so, I thought we were talking about... When, no, this is our podcast. It? This is it. I didn't so know we started. You're recording. So Did we record that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I like... Wasn't, I couldn't tell if it was real. It's real. Okay. So, but I mean, I think... <laughs> I realize why I've been hungry so for pizza so much is because there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles art show, and I've been seeing so much artwork from it, and every time I think about them, I get hungry for pizza. I, that doesn't happen to me. What... I don't know why that I like pizza now like, more than I when I like the Ninja Turtles. I always was oh, like... Oh, I didn't. I ate pizza. I was like, it's my favorite food. I love pizza, but I didn't. Ninja Turtles? I just liked it because Ninja Turtles liked it. So I, I was think like, everybody did. I was then. like, that's my favorite pizza. No, I want actually, pizza on my birthday. And then I was like... There was two things. Chop, One chop. is the fact pork that they chop. ate it. Pork chop. Pork chop's the worst. What are you talking about? Pork it's chops so are the dry. best. No, they're not. They're the worst They're really chewy and horrible. No, they're also not dry if you make them right. Ham and pork chops. Ham is the worst And turkey. You can just throw it all in a pile. It's disgusting. Jenny's pile. Of I'm gonna, meat. I'll make you a pork chop, and it's Jenny's gonna be the best pile. thing I've ever eaten. Oh man, Put pork chops yogurt. and applesauce. <laughs> is that I, a thing that people really yes. actually? Yeah, yeah. We yes, it is. That way at the restaurant. And we make potato lockies, but that's what we make. Lockies, we would always make applesauce. I don't like the word chops. Pork chops. It <laughs> makes you think of hair. Gross. No, Chris used to have some massive chops. I did. You can imagine Chris used to have a, a totally shaved head. I can't. I can't. It's really small either. when it's shaved. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine Lindsay did too, and it was like a giant balloon upstairs. I don't have a balloon head. I have a normal shaped head. I have two bumps on the side here. Yeah, yeah she's basically she's basically together. a yeah. Ferengi. That's why she's so into acquisition. Acquisition <laughs> is that their favorite word? <laughs> the yeah. rules of acquisition. <laughs> I don't know what that is. There's like a hundred and thirty some rules of acquisition. Don't quote the rules of acquisition to me. You don't know. Is that, that an actual law though? Is that like a space federation law? That's like their no, law. that's a Frangi law. That's the, a Frangi. The Frangi only care about the rules of acquisition. Yeah, but nobody else. Don't let family get in the way of your business. That's <laughs> oh, one no. of them. That's one of them. Yes. Yeah, oh no. Like well, I might be that then. Basically, anything that happens, there you go. Don't you know the 132nd rule of acquisition? Why would anyone never trust your brother? Don't you know the 142nd rule of an- <laughs> acquisition? Who made these up? The Frangies said. The, the, the Grand High Negus. What? what? Negus. Negus. Like Jenny's friend. friend. <laughs> Jenny's friend Brian 
Brian Niggis. Yeah, is is the grand the grand? Have you ever seen this guy? Like, is he a person? Yeah, he's played by the guy in Princess Bride, who's like. Oh really? Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Yeah, that's the best. He's really he's really he looks ugly. Looks like he belongs in a Frankie. He could outfit. do the yeah. He his voice is. Perfect. He's really gross too. He's always like pinching the big, butts of this old lady. Giant <laughs> ear hair. <laughs> gross. Yeah, he is. The butts the, but the Frankie episodes are really funny though. Yeah, no, I'm sure they're they're it's really, really funny. gross because they're always like they're ah, silly. Stroke my lobes. Yeah, they do say that, and then you're like, stop doing whatever you're doing. Doesn't there isn't there Gross. like a baby Frankie in there too, like a child? Yeah, Nog. Nog, like he's in Nog. Starfleet now. He's the first. Frangie I like him. In Starfleet. He's got a oh. weird, like, gritty voice. What was I saying before then? It's funny because he and Jake grew up at the same time. <laughs> but Jake's like ninety feet tall. And yeah, and he never grew at all. And then Jake became. But he like must have grew a little tall. bit. He was kind of small to begin with, wasn't he? Not much. Oh, he's like the same. His face just got older, and then he stayed the same. <laughs> and his voice. Nog. Nog. Noggin. Uh, what was I saying? You're talking about a closet with a microphone in it. 